members, and either welcome or welcome back to At Least There's a Dog, a Star Trek Enterprise review podcast in which we will boldly go, episode by episode, through the Star Trek series that, whatever its flaws, undeniably has the most dog. We are your hosts, Mandy and Josh, and on tonight's show, we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 3, Minefield. Yep. I, I'm not a big fan of the episode. It was... I think I enjoyed it more while I was watching it than I did thinking about it afterwards. Because when I started thinking about it afterwards, I was like, eh, that wasn't on the whole that good. Like, I'm, I'm a little bit biased because I actually remember watching this episode. I think I watched this episode when I came home from college probably okay like i was probably home on winter vacation or something and watched this episode and it was like yep enterprise is not good that's what i thought huh that's interesting because like it's not good like we can get go ahead and get that out of the way but i would certainly not put it in the bottom tier of star trek episodes no it's it's not but like especially for the younger version of me it didn't have very much like interesting sci-fi going on it does not have a lot to recommend it let's put it that way it also commits a good number of great sins um some of which it attempts to varying degrees of success to compensate for but it still commits those sins hi puppy for me i think the the issue i have with it is that it doesn't do anything interesting like sci-fi it uh i don't think they actually did that well with the character stuff. That's the thing. It's not really it's not really setting out to be a hard sci-fi episode. It is setting out to be and it thinks it is a character study of Malcolm Reed. And I am noticing that the that the kind of disproportionately large number of times they have set out to do a character study of Malcolm Reed. It's not very good. No. It's not. The most successful one they've done so far barely involved him at all, and it's the one where we learned he likes pineapple. Yeah, that was that was the best. Yeah, that's right. So uh, maybe stop doing Malcolm Reed character studies. Or so, like, yeah, because we get it. He's kind of miserable. Especially since you haven't decided on a personality for him yet. Yeah. But we'll get to that yeah. a lot later. Um, I felt that the, the Romulan aspect was pointless, and I felt that the, um, the fact that, like, I don't know, yes, I know that a lot of the time when someone's trying to defuse a bomb, it's going to blow up anyway, because that's what they do in TV and movies, but uh, it just felt like there was very little mattered. It did, yeah. Um, and it, it was just, it was slow. It was. And like you said, there was no growth, there was no change, there was just... This episode doesn't... Like, it's really skippable. That's just the deal. Yes. It's not that it's actively horrible, it's just that you can skip it, and your viewing experience of Enterprise will not be affected either way. That's a really good way to put it. This might be the most skippable episode? That we've seen so far, probably. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess uh, for those of you out there who haven't watched it, you want to give a summary? Sure. So this episode was Minefield, and this episode is our introduction to the Romulans, except it's not our introduction to the Romulans, because we don't meet the Romulans until the original series, but I guess Berman and Braga really wanted to have Romulans. If we meet the Borg next, I will kill everything. 
Anyway. Oh gosh, I hope we don't do that. Yeah, me too. Anyway, we open on Archer trying and failing to engage Lieutenant Reed in guy talk and completely wasting a very nice breakfast when they get called to the bridge for exploring an uncharted system. But everything goes haywire because it turns out someone set up us the bomb. And then oh, the there's ship- a reference yep. that a lot of the people listening to this won't get. It's fine. And the ship is flying through Invisible Minesweeper. Will they get that one? I think so. Cool. Invisible Minesweeper. <laughs> And one of their wrong clicks takes a big bite out of the starboard hull. The ensuing episode is mostly Archer and Reed playing a high-stakes game of keep talking and nobody explodes, while Mayweather shows off his arcade skills and everyone else is pretty much background noise. Also, they try to make us think Reed might die. Will the episode hold our interest despite that? Will it justify the Romulan retcon? Was Reed ever going to point out to Archer that the latter doesn't know the difference between clockwise and counterclockwise? <laughs> the star of the show, Porthos, gets two hearty plates of eggs Benedict. Oh, yes! That's, That's what, I'm what they do with happened. it. That makes so much sense. After Reed and Archer just like took two bites each of their very nice looking breakfast it, and then didn't did even look take really doggy nice. bags or anything. I guess they just don't need breakfast if they're going to get called to the bridge. I mean, it might just be that, like, everyone in Starfleet, because they only actually, they don't have, like, wide uh, uniforms. Like, you got to maintain your figure or uh, they, yeah. they kick you out of Starfleet. You got to maintain your figure or otherwise you become the doctor. Oh, hmm. Because he gets to wear kind of roomy clothing. He does. Because, you know, he got a little bit of a pot belly. Yeah. But he's the only one. He's also not human. Yeah. Potbellies on Denobula may be, ve- may be considered very attractive. They could be. But yeah. They, <laughs> that like, would be a more interesting episode than the one we just watched. I like the idea that like, oh gosh, uh, Porthos is going to have gas. Porthos is going to have oh, some real sure powerful is. gas after Poor this. baby. I hope he enjoys the breakfast that Archer and Reed totally wasted. Though. Oh, I'm, I'm not feeling bad for for Porthos. Porthos is going to love it. <laughs> Archer's the one who's going to be suffering tonight. Well, he deserves it. He's going to be just like, I need to open the window. <laughs> I can't open the window. I'm in space. Uh, yeah. Commander Reed, or Lieutenant Reed, I need you to blast a hole in my bulkhead. <laughs> I need you to bad me here. space again. <laughs> I changed my mind. I'm leaving with the whole plating. Oh, dear. Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> moving on from that. Um, yeah, that's, that's a pretty fair summary of it. Do you have some trivia for me? Some pretty minor trivia. So, apparently, some point um, between now and when Enterprise airs, the World Cup is going to shift by a couple years. You see, the World Cup happens... Um, Opposite of the Summer Olympics. So, like, so, the, so 2018, like 2022. The even years that don't have an Olympics in them. The even years that are not divisible so by it, four. So, does it match up with the Winter Olympics? It does. Well, it does now, yeah. But okay. the Winter Olympics being on those years is a fairly recent phenomenon. Okay. Um, but, yeah, uh, 2152 is divisible by four. So, my, like, very minor headcanon here is that Archer totally made that up and has no idea whether the World Cup is happening or not. He was just desperately trying to figure out something that a British man would be interested in. (laughs) 
And the only thing he could think of was soccer, because Archer is racist against British people. I mean, it's a good guess. <laughs> it is. It's a very good guess. Um, but but no. also, it was a, previ- a previously established personality quirk of Malcolm Reed that he's kind of dull and doesn't do a whole lot. So. Exactly, exactly. Um, also, if you would like uh, another sort of minor piece of trivia, so they actually they built that set uh, outside the hall mm-hmm. for the episode. Okay. I mean, obviously, space was green screened in, but, well, yeah, but... the hall itself was actually there. Um, and then, unfortunately, they had to get rid of it because it was too big and they couldn't keep it anywhere. Oh. They did keep the mine, though. Of course. They kept the mine and it'll get reused later. Is it? Does it play double duty as a Sulaban ship? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> because the mines looked like Sulaban ships. A little I bit. I was like, oh, I can't even make the Buckyball joke again because I already made it. But the Sulaban ships are all, like, I think they're all 100% CG. And mm. I'm pretty sure that mine was something I actually built. Probably. Um, honestly, it was a pretty cool prop, too. It was. It wasn't half bad. Yeah, and I liked how the... Um, I'm, I'm kind of done with the, the trivia, but I, I did like how the pieces of hall plating had a, like inscription on them. It, it would have been sense. It would have been better, I think, if they had all been different. Like, you know, differently numbered, so that it's sort of like, you know, a kit where you have to put the pieces together in the right places. Uh, <laughs> and not just, like... In case you forgot that you were on a hull-plating piece of the Enterprise... Build your, build your own galaxy-class starship. Just put these pieces together in the right order. I mean, what do you think <laughs> I did when I was a kid? What, you build models. That's cute. I like that. Okay. Um, yeah. So, there's my, my little bit of trivia. Okay, cool. Pluses and minuses? Sure. Okay. So, dang, that Eggs Benedict looked tasty. I don't like Eggs Benedict and it still looked tasty. <laughs> like, I don't like poached or raw eggs, but that looked good. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that the it, it was probably just out of a replicator because there isn't because there really is no a chef. chef. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yep. Chef still doesn't exist. There was a very weird bit involving the chef later in the episode. Oh my goodness. I don't have that on either of my lists because I don't count it as either a plus or a minus, just a what the hell moment. I put that as a minus. Oh, okay. Uh, Do do we want to just get to that later then? I consider letting you amputate, but if Chef got a hold of it, he'd be serving roast reed for Sunday dinner. Have we ever established before that the Chef is like hungrily eyeing the members of the crew? What? Because again, the chef still doesn't exist. We very much established this, but but like if it turned out that the chef did exist, like my my conception of the chef has changed. Like the chef is uh, a, a a beast. Is the chef a lion? Some I don't even know. Is the chef just like constantly like I don't know doing a whole to serve man sort of thing going on? Apparently. <laughs> And, like, there was there was an out for that joke that wasn't, like, incredibly creepy and jarring like that. And it was just, do it at Phlox's expense. <laughs> yeah. Reed would have to, like, look at his pickled leg in a jar for the rest of his days on Enterprise. Because you know Phlox would do something oh like my, that with yeah, it. Oh, yeah, he'd keep it. He'd keep it. Or he'd <laughs> feed it to one of his animals. That, too. In which case, the dinner, the dinner yeah. still works. So just make the joke at Phlox's expense. And not, what, not what the were you mysterious... all even thinking? <laughs> We were supposed to be doing pluses. 
We were. <laughs> it's all good. Um, I really like the uh, the damage that like the when the when the first mine went off mm-hmm. and like they lost a bunch on the uh, starboard side. Wow. The opening sequence very unfairly made me. Wait, was that starboard or port? I had it as starboard. I think it was port, but I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. I think they might have called it starboard, but we also established in this episode that they don't know how directions work. That's true. So, um, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, Um, but like, it, it, it was. Some good CG there. Like you see, like the, the individual rooms that are now exposed to the vacuum mm-hmm. space. That's really cool. It legit looked like something had taken a big bite out of the Enterprise. And it's nice to see that sort of thing. Like I know that it's you know limitations of technology, but like you don't usually get that in uh, in in the televised uh, Star Trek stuff. It's no, usually it's Usually just like oh, this part of the hull is now a little darker colored. The entire opening sequence tricked me into thinking this was going to be a really good episode. Oh, really? Yeah, because they did that thing where, like, the very opening of the episode where Archer and Reed are trying to have Guy talk and that's not really working was a lull. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a lull you into complacency moment. And then they went up to the bridge and everything goes nuts because, again, a mine just took a bite out of the ship. Mm -hmm. And the music and the shot and the looks on the characters' faces and... Then the immediate, uh, extremely inappropriate emotional transition into, it's been a long road. Yep. (laughs) And I was like, this is going to be good. And then it didn't live up to my expectations, but that opening sequence was still good. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Do another one of those and then attach a good episode to it. (laughs) You'll be 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 doing great. Yeah. Uh, You got some more? Uh, Do you not? I do too. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, I like that... Like, um, trip did a head count. Like, I like that that's, I don't know, like, too much, you know, on, on Next Generation or something, they'd be like, you know, casualty reports coming in, you know, we lost this many people, and this, you know, and, and here, like, they're, they're really, they're trying to make sure they don't lose anyone. And the I Enterprise like that... takes care of its people. It also helps that Enterprise has, like, 80 people on it, and the Enterprise D had, what, a thousand, fifteen hundred? Yeah, over a thousand people on it. So... Um, yeah, this is a smaller ship. There's fewer people on it. Um, actually, I'd love to see like how large the ships are in comparison to each other. Mm-hmm. That'd be really neat to see. It would, wouldn't it? Like, I assume that this is a smaller ship. It must be, because as we've discussed, everything on the inside is so much smaller. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be that they just have a lot of, like, ducts and uh, a lot of space taken up by mechanical things. True, but in general, it feels smaller. Yeah. Um, it does feel smaller and... Also, like you can see the people on the on the ship, like as they were outside working on the mine, to to put it to scale. And yeah, they've only got a few decks. Yeah. Like, whereas the Enterprise D had like thirty or something like that. It's a well-designed ship. It yeah. continues to be a well-designed ship, even when it's not in well-designed episodes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway, I, I I like that they continue to treat everyone on the ship as uh, as valuable. Mm-hmm. No, uh, no red shirt syndrome. Speaking of treating everyone on the ship as valuable, nice piloting skills, Travis. I can yeah. tell he's been practicing his Mario Kart at home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Travis uh, got to basically maneuver them through the minefield. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in practice, it's probably not that exciting a thing for Anthony Montgomery to do. He just has to move a joystick around. But it was cool for the character because it's always nice to see a character do their job. 
mm-hmm. and do the cool stuff that makes you understand why they're good at this job and why they were picked to do this. Yeah. He even got more than three lines. He did. We'll talk about that. We will. <laughs> um, I, I liked the uh, little bit at the end where uh, Archer orders uh, Reed that it was 20 that was seconds. Line, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> it was 20 seconds. That's an order. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact, it was 34 seconds. I thought you might have counted. And I'm glad that you did, because number one, it means that I know you as well as I think I do. (laughs) And number two, I wasn't going to bother. Yeah, that was why I pulled up the episode again afterwards. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that was what I was doing that time. Okay, I I get it. I get it. I get it. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, Again, speaking of that line, God bless Scott Bakula and Dominic Keating. They tried to make this work. Mm -hmm. Like... Those two were pulling all their weight this episode, and they were given something, as often happens, really dumb to work with, and they tried really hard to convince themselves and everyone around them that it wasn't dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, the, di- the difference between this episode and something like Shuttlepod 1 is that, which, like, Shuttlepod 1 was also a big waste of our time, but in this one, at least, I did not actively wish the focal characters ill by the end of the episode. <laughs> that's true. That's a low bar, but that's true. Like, if anything came out of this episode that would have changed anything, which it didn't, we'll never come back to this again, Bakula and, uh, and Archer and Reed are a little bit closer together at uh-huh. the end of this, and they understand each other a little bit more. This won't matter because that's not a big enough thing to have lasting consequences. But it was a nice idea, and they sold it as much as they could. Also, they can't take that, like, they can't make Malcolm Reed suddenly, like, willing to be friends with the captain. No. Because he needs to have that one personality trait. A a rotating one each episode. (laughs) Well, I guess, but, like, like if you take away his uh, antisocial behaviors, his... uh, unrelenting devotion to duty and his near suicidal uh, like insistence to put other people's lives ahead of his own. In this case, his actually suicidal insistence to put other people's lives ahead of his own because he tried to off himself there when he realized he wasn't going to get his way. He was just like, yeah, I got to be like my uncle. I got to, or my great uncle, I got to off myself. I'm going to go down with my shit. Stop. Um, But yeah, you take that away and you really don't have a character left. Yeah, well, we'll... Yeah, I got more on that. But first, um, I thought that this could have been a better episode Mm -hmm. if it had been in season one. So it was a getting to know the characters scene? If this had been the getting to know Malcolm Reed episode and there hadn't been another getting to know Malcolm Reed episode after this, mm-hmm. I could have really bought this episode. Okay. As it is, like, it feel, this is actually supposed to be a plus. I'm saying, like, I do understand where they were coming from in this episode and it wasn't just a totally worthless idea. Um, it doesn't feel like it's in the right place in season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get, I get it. Uh, it felt it, this could well have been like a season one idea that that got pushed to season two because they didn't have room for it or something. Yeah, I would actually totally believe that. Yeah, um, I was actually rather impressed with the filming of uh, the scenes on the surface of the hull. Like, this is not a show that has the budget to do actual zero G filming. Anything that's uh, floating is going to either be CG or wire work. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't tell what it was exactly. 
Yeah. Like, they, the way that, like, I don't actually know who was directing it, but... It was James Contner. Okay. He also directed the, he also directed the two-parter. Oh, really? Shockwave? Yeah, Yeah, he directed Shockwave. But, yeah, the, um, I, I, like, the way that they were walking so that they were, you know, being held down by their magnetic boots, um, the way that, you know, the... Uh, that little scanner pad just flies away when Archer freaks out. <laughs> Which I was like, did you just throw his scanner into space? Yes, that happened. But the thing <laughs> is, it did. And like, I was pretty impressed. Like, they actually managed to very smoothly in... I without, hope you have more of those. Without any opportunity to like, actually do the uh, the filming in Zero-G, it looked pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah, that. Well done, uh, both the actors, directors, and special effects team. Yeah. Production design remains consistently good, even if sometimes it looks a little bit cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. Cool. It's Minuses. funny how we, we, like, we line up somehow. We do. I usually have about the same number of each per episode, because they tend to be big and broad. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first minus I've already alluded to, but can you please give Malcolm Reed a consistent personality? Like, I did not think they could do worse than Janeway with rotating personalities, but is he a by-the-book stick in the mud, or is he a loose cannon who wants to shoot things? He can be one of those things. He can't be both. This time, he was a stick in the mud. Yes. And last time, we had a sort of read episode. He was a loose cannon. Also, this business that he was... I wrote a lot of, like, angry, scrawled notes about this one. When he's going on about to Archer about, well, I was taught not to fraternize with superior officers. A couple of episodes ago, well, earlier in season one, you had birthday cake with your captain, and it was birthday cake for you. Mm-hmm. And a few episodes ago, you got kidnapped in a bar with your superior officer. That's right. Trip out Ransom. Yeah, Trip's a commander. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I realize he's not under Tripp's direct command. No, because, no, you're, you're 100% right. Because he's like, not in engineering, but he's still a superior officer. He can give Reed orders. Uh, and they definitely got drunk and mugged and escaped in their underwear together. Yeah. So don't give me any of that crap. Fair enough. <laughs> That's all. All right. Yeah. Um, bomb defusal is not actually that interesting. No. Like, you, there are ways that you can make bomb defusal, like, interesting to the screen to an extent, but this did none of it here. It's more fun to play Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes than to watch Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Yeah. Um, and... It so it was fun when you realized that Bakula doesn't know the difference between clockwise and counterclockwise. That was another of my minuses. Okay. I'll just tell you now. <laughs> They do not know the difference between clockwise and counterclockwise. Which I sympathize with. I also don't know the difference between clockwise and counterclockwise. But you are also not trying to defuse a bomb. Correct. If oh. I were trying to defuse a bomb, I feel like I would check. Mm-hmm. Like I would at least do like the right left hand test. Mm-hmm. Write it on your spacesuit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Just like draw a little diagram on your arm. It's not so bad. But as it was, apparently uh, it didn't matter because Archer didn't blow up the ship, mm-hmm. even though he. Probably should have, doing that. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it, it, the the bomb defusal gets even less interesting when they just start talking about random other things, like yeah. sports, while trying to defuse the bomb. 
it takes away any tension. Also, I did I did enjoy that Archer like kept trying to get Reed to talk about sports because that's apparently the only thing Archer knows how to talk about. I mean, Archer does seem to be very into sports. He does, but I don't know. Eventually, you might want to switch to like you know dogs. What, what movies do you like? Talk about dogs. I don't know that Reed's a dog person. Well, then you need to find that out. Or, like, talk about your guppies or something like that. Hmm. Talk about pineapples. Yeah. Talk about something you know he's interested in. Talk about guns. He likes yeah. those. Talk about the phase cannons or whatever you got. That would make sense. That would make him happy. It would. But the only thing Archer knows how to talk about is sports. Yeah. There because are some they people also, like that. They also sometimes have trouble with Archer's personality. Um, I suspect this is on your list as well, so I'm going to go ahead and take it. There is absolutely no good freaking reason for the Romulans to be involved in this at all. Mm-hmm. You could have replaced Romulans with any name of a made-up alien species, and this episode would have been the same. Mm-hmm. The only thing you would have missed out on was a pointless moment when Hoshi said something about how this was the Romulan Empire, and T'Pol was like, no, Romulans. They're called Romulans. And she has like this moment of recognition that we're clearly supposed to get excited by because it's a fan service moment. But it doesn't matter. It never comes to anything. We don't even see them on screen. Like we don't see them on screen because we can't see them on screen without like violating continuity. Yep. And the only thing, uh, the only reason that it matters that T'Pol knows who they are is that she's able to tell everybody that they are aggressive which make up another species that the Vulcans have encountered who are known for really aggressively protecting their territory. Boom, you've got the same episode and you don't have to do a really obnoxious retcon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in a way, I prefer that the Romulans don't need to be in this episode because it means I can just pretend that the Romulans are not in fact in this episode. Mm-hmm. And it's not too, too bad of a retcon, but why do it at all? This was probably the biggest of the episode's many sins. To mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fair. Um, I was also like, really? Aquaphobia? Is that correct, by the way? Yeah. So it's aquaphobia, not hydrophobia? Uh, either one is acceptable. Isn't one of those like a mixing of Greek and... I mean, yes. Aquaphobia is a mixing of Greek and Latin roots, but mm-hmm. nobody actually cares. Well, okay. If you insist. But yes, it should in fact be hydrophobia. Though hydrophobia is also another common name for rabies, which is why that one fell out of use, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't remember why it's a common name for rabies, but it is. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, but just in general, also, like, if, you have, if you're afraid of water, you really, sh- afraid of drowning, you really shouldn't be in the Navy. Correct. Well, he's not in the Navy. No, but his uncle had the same thing and oh, was. Yeah, and we're supposed to be admiring of his uncle because his uncle powered through his yeah his aquaphobia, but uh, not ugh. yeah. That just seems like you're putting a bunch of people in danger. If you're afraid of flying, you don't become a pilot mm-hmm. to prove what a man you are. Yeah, it, you're you're trying to the writers are trying to hear, make someone even more heroic by giving them a. Um, a disability, and it's not really, I'm not here for it. And also, I think largely filling time, because very little happened this episode. Yeah. (laughs) They had to fill a lot of time. 
That was my last minus, is just that this was so slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was really so hopeful at the beginning that it was going to be good and fast-paced and kind of action-packed, and then it just really wasn't. It was just a lot of talking. Like, I get it. When you're diffusing a bomb, that's what it is. It's very slow and there's a lot of talking, but... Which is why it's not an interesting thing to put on TV. Exactly. Like, you also don't make TV shows about filing your taxes for the same reason. Yep. But, there we are. Yep. I'm out. I'm out. Alright, so, um... In that case, I believe it is time for the Mayweather Report. Yeah, uh, we were both wrong. We sure were. So if you remember from last week's Mayweather forecast, I predicted that Mayweather would have two lines in this episode. I think I predicted three. You predicted three, and Mayweather, in fact, had more than three lines in this episode. He had so many lines that I stopped counting after a little while. It was like five or six or something. No, it was more than that. Oh, really? Because I was up to seven or eight by the oh, time okay. I stopped counting. Yeah, I stopped counting after we passed three in a grunt. Okay, yeah, three in a grunt. <laughs> I don't actually know what, what to count grunts as. Grunts. Grunts, okay. They're little bonuses, but I don't think they count for or against the number of lines. Fair enough. So no points this time. So for our next uh, Mayweather forecast... So the episode... is um, called Dead Stop, which is a good description of this episode. Basically, so I don't know what they're doing. I'm going to say many lines. I'm going to say three. All right. I'm going to go a little boost up from last time. Based on the description of the episode, I think it's going to be a trip episode, which means that very few other people are going to get the spotlight. Okay. But I'll be generous because so far they've been using Mayweather more this season than they did last season. It's only three episodes in, but still. And one of those episodes he didn't even appear in, but he's still being used. But he's still being used more. (laughs) Um, So we're going to slowly bump our way up and say three. So we've got three versus more than three. This has been your Mayweather forecast. All right. Um, And now we have to give away a James Kirk Award. We sure do. Every show we bestow, we bestow, I'm getting worse and worse at saying that word, we bestow the James Tiberius Kirk Award on the character who spends the episode keeping the Star Trek legacy alive by doing the best William Shatner impersonation. It's Archer. It's it's an Archer runaway this time. Yeah. It was 20, that's an order, is a line straight out of the Kirk playbook. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing about trying to keep Screw over, yeah, it was was Archer. And he... The, the entire whole plating plan turned out to be a Kirk Gambit of sorts. Yeah, that's something, yeah. Yeah. It's all he, good. He did his job of being Kirk Light in this episode. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Archer. You did your job. Yep. All right. I think um, that's what I got. Yeah, that's an episode. Cool. Well, as always, thank you for listening. If you did enjoy this, please tell all your friends and family to join the crew. If you're really enjoying this, please consider leaving us a rating or review or signing up for a subscription on the podcast platform of your choice. If you would like to tell us how we have brightened your day or if you have ideas for the show, shoot us an email at at least there's a dog at gmail.com. And if you are watching along with us, your next viewing assignment is the episode Dead Stop. Hopefully less of a dead stop yeah. in this episode. It does not sound promising, but we'll see. Well, we won't prejudge. Yep. Take care of yourselves, and as always, remember to go wherever your heart will take you. Bye. Bye.
Oh, big stretch. Big stretch. Very good. Get yourself comfy, Lucy. You're going to yeah. listen to a show. You are. Be that looks like a good spot. Instead of her usual position where everything but her head is on her bed, now only her head is on her bed. That works. She's experimenting with new positions. Mm-hmm. Good girl. Good girl. 